Dear Father, we thank you for your word, which is a refuge for us, even as you are, that you have given us your promise through, to, to save us through Jesus Christ, our Lord, that you have brought us in as your children and now have us as our Father. We pray, therefore, as our Father, that you would instruct us and train us, that we might resemble you and that we might uh, do your work uh, here on earth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today, uh, we're going to continue the series we began last week on uh, virtues, uh, growing in virtue. Last week, we had a little bit of an introduction to the topic, um, the importance of virtue, of not simply doing a good thing here or there, but of, of character qualities or habits um, being trained in these things, uh, trained in these qualities, which Scripture exhorts us to, to have them, to be growing in them, um, to train ourselves for godliness. And last week we looked particularly at faith, um, faith in God, faith receiving and resting upon Jesus Christ for salvation. Um, and today we're going to go to hope, uh, that of hope. And I'll begin with a verse or passage that we looked at last week, uh, Colossians 1, 3 through 5. There the Apostle Paul writes, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. This is one of the several passages that, uh, in which Paul uses this triad of, of faith and love and hope, uh, or sometimes faith, hope, and love. In 1 Corinthians 13, he, he brings these things together. Twice in 1 Thessalonians, uh, he speaks of these virtues. And we'll come to those passages in a little bit. Uh, but beginning here, faith, we looked at last time, in Christ Jesus, love that you have for all the saints. Now, in speaking of hope here, it speaks uh, objectively. Both faith and hope, and really love too, all can be used subjectively and objectively. Subjectively is what, how we usually use them. That means the hope that you exercise in something, or the faith that you exercise in something, uh, the, the love that you have for someone. Um, but you can also speak of the thing you have faith in as the faith, or the thing that you have hope in as the hope, uh, the, the one whom you love as your love. Uh, and so in this passage, it's speaking of the hope laid up for you in heaven. That's the thing you have hope for. Um, and in fact, that hope for that thing in heaven seems even to motivate the love that they have for all the saints. But this hope laid up for you in heaven, you've heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. This is uh, the hope that is especially spoken of in scripture as a virtue, especially that of Christians. We can have hope for a lot of things. You know, sometimes the Bible uses it in a very commonplace sort of way where John says, I hope to see you soon. 
Uh, you know, we use hope in, in that sense. Last time we used the analogy of faith, that like you have faith in that chair to hold you, right? That's a very ordinary, not very special kind of faith, but that's how uh, it might uh, come across in daily life, but that's not a, a, a very great virtue. When we speak of hope in this context, we're speaking of especially hope in God, uh, hope in his word, hope in the things that he has promised for us, such as the hope, you know, laid up for you in heaven, that is, glory, uh, comes from Christ who is in heaven, and uh, the hope of glory, which we even have in us, the, we have hope, the hope of glory, which is Christ uh, in us, as, as a foretaste of this glory that is to come. It's actually a theme that you'll find elsewhere in Colossians. Now, what is hope? How would you describe hope? Yes. I want to make sure You think it's going to happen. Yeah, that's a pretty good start here. So you, when you hope for something that you you hope it you you think it's going to happen, so there's expectation and you want it to happen. That's those are like the two main parts of hope. You want it to happen and you think it's going to happen. Yeah. So the, the Hebrew word for hope has the sense of waiting for with patient expectation uh, that, that you're going to wait for it with the expectation of, of it coming to pass. Um, the Greek word ellipse, elpis, elpis, uh, is the looking forward to something with reason for confidence respecting fulfillment, which is basically what Alfred said. Um, or as another lexicon has it, the expectation of good. If we have the expectation of bad, we wouldn't call that hope, right? You might expect something bad's going to happen, but you don't hope for that. So it's, it's hope, expectation of something that you want, uh, of, of something that's good. And now usually in the Bible, hope is not just some type of expectation, but a certain expectation of future good which we desire. Uh, so both desire and expectation, and an expectation which is, is certain, or at least is grounded in something certain. The, the Puritan John Owen uh, put it this way, where Christ evidences his presence with us, he gives us an infallible hope of glory. He gives us an assured pledge of it and works our souls into an expectation of it. Hope in general is but an uncertain expectation of a future good which we desire, but as it is a gospel grace, all uncertainty is removed from it, which would hinder us of the advantage intended in it. It is an earnest expectation proceeding from faith, trust, and confidence accompanied with longing desires of enjoyment. Uh, notice there's advantage intended in it that hope we're going to see brings us joy uh, because it is a, a confident expectation, uh, not merely a, a, a forlorn expectation that, oh, it would be really nice if this happened, but it probably won't. You know, there's not as much uh, satisfaction or, or advantage from that, although it might be better than nothing. But the hope that we have in Christ uh, is, uh, found, is an infallible hope. It, it proceeds from God's promise. And um, 
the way it works in our hearts is it proceeds from faith, trust, and confidence. So it makes sense that we talked about faith last week and we talk about hope this week. You have hope because you have believed. Now, what would, what would be like the alternative to hope or the opposite of hope or what's an opposite of hope? Impending doom, all right, yeah. So the expectation of, of some great ill or evil. Despair. Despair. You think it's never going to happen? You know, despair, I guess, either because you're expecting doom or you just aren't expecting good, that it's never going to happen. Fear. Fear, which would be related to that. What about just not desiring something, mm-hmm. right? Apathy, not having something that you hope for uh, would also be contrary. Uh, Or you might desire something but don't think it's going to come to pass, and that would be more of the the idea of despair. A man of hope has, or a woman of hope, a child of hope, has goals and an expectation of reaching them. So a person without hope either does not have the goals, is apathetic, or has no expectation of reaching them, is is despairing. Now another distortion of hope would be maybe what we would call presumption or vain hope. You know, expecting something that you don't have good reason to expect. You know, uh, of course we have this maybe in common life, like, I hope to be a millionaire. Well, you know, I guess it's possible, but there's not any particular reason to expect it at the moment. But in spiritually, we can think of a vain hope such as expecting pardon apart from faith in Christ. That some people think, of course they're going to heaven, they have great hope of going to heaven, but they don't have any good reason to think that they're going to heaven if they don't realize that they are a sinner in need of grace and to receive that through faith in Jesus Christ. You know, so that's not really the virtue of hope that would be uh, a vain hope or a presumption not grounded upon God's word. So, hope is built upon faith. Another way to put it is that faith results both in love and hope. If we think of faith, hope, and love, that this hope and love is rooted in that faith. Like saving faith, Christian hope is especially directed toward God through Jesus Christ, his salvation, his gift of glory, um, just as we have faith in God and therefore we, have, we receive his word by faith, so we have hope in God and we uh, have hope in his promises, the things that he has taught us to expect uh, from him. In Lamentations chapter 3, I don't get to quote Lamentations real often, or, so let me go ahead and do that. Lamentations, I guess I always could. It's, it's the one uh, probably most famous part of Lamentations. Verses 21 through 24. Well, let me start in verse 19. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. 
The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And so the, the writer here is going through tribulation and suffering, but what supports his hope, the faith he has in God and his steadfast love, his mercy and faithfulness. And therefore, he will hope in the Lord. Therefore, we will hope in the Lord and wait patiently for the salvation of the Lord. And so does hope in God and hope in who he is, and therefore, uh, hope in what he will do. Um, Another passage along these lines in the New Testament is Titus chapter 1, verse 2. Well, I'll start in verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. And so, again, it's hope in something uh, future, eternal life, and it's hope in it because God has promised it. Hope in God's promise, and that promise is eternal life. Uh, One author has defined Christian hope in this way. Hope is the fruit of the Spirit whereby we look forward with patience and endurance to the fulfillment of God's promises. Uh, Hope is rooted in the work of the Spirit. Uh, In Romans chapter 15 verse 13, the Apostle Paul says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Um, the Spirit is working faith, believing, resulting in joy and peace, but also hope. You might abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, God being the author and, and object of hope, he is even called the God of hope. Uh, That is how he can be referred to, the God who is our hope and who produces that hope within us. Um, In Wednesday evenings, we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer might be thought of also in the context of an expression of our hope that we pray for these things with an expectation of receiving them. What did Jesus tell us? Ask and you'll receive, right? Um, and Jesus taught us what to ask for. Did, did he ask, teach us to ask for these things, but then have no hope of, of receiving them? Just nice things to think about and say. No, he taught us to ask for these things because this is, is the will of God. Um, this is what we should ask with an expectation of, of receiving, as Christ's disciples, you know, through faith in him from our Heavenly Father. Uh, we can think of the creed as that which we believe and think of the Lord's Prayer as uh, the, the expression of our hope. What is it that the Lord's Prayer teaches us to hope for? Well, that God would be hallowed, revered, sanctified, that his kingdom would come, uh, that his will would be done, on earth as it is in heaven, both in you personally and in the world, that these are things that are not fully realized yet, and you can have hope for these things coming to pass. Well, for daily provision of earthly needs, for the forgiveness of sins, for deliverance from evil, from the world and the flesh and the devil. 
So we can have hope for things both in this life and in the life to come. Uh, that includes even hope for daily provisions. Am I going to be, what about tomorrow? Am I going to have enough food to eat? You know, is God, am I going to be taken care of? Are, are, are there things, uh, is God going to guide me in this life? Well, Jeremiah 14 says, Are there any among the false gods of the nations who can bring rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Are you not he, O Lord our God? We set our hope on you, for you do all these things. Of course, we know it's subject to, to the wisdom of God. And really, our hope will extend beyond this life, but we can expect him to care for us in this life. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. So that's don't fix your hope on money, but on God. Set your hopes on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. You can have hope for personal sanctification, hope uh, for deliverance from the power of evil and growth in righteousness. As Paul says in Philippians 1, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You can have hope for the future of God's church. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Uh, he was writing to the people of God as they were encountering difficulty and exile, but God would uh, not cut off his people. He would give them a future and a hope. Generations later, they would return to the land that he would continue to sustain his church. The gates of hell and destruction would not prevail against it. <clears throat> We also especially have hope for eternal life, resurrection, and glory. After all, Paul did say, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. So if all our hope was, you know, for uh, food tomorrow, that would be a pretty limited and pitiful hope. But rather, our hope goes far beyond that. We hope for uh, eternal life with God after death. Uh, dwelling with Christ in heaven and being raised in incorruptible glory on the day of Christ's return and inheriting the kingdom uh, forever and the new creation. Romans eight twenty three through 25 says, And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So similar as faith can be contrasted with sight, hope can be contrasted with the sight. You don't hope for something you already have. You, that we might call that enjoyment, but uh, not hope. You hope for something it's not there yet, that you don't see. And therefore, it requires patience. And so we wait eagerly for these future realities, the redemption of our bodies, speaking of the resurrection, the whole creation groaning for this, this great restoration, glorification. And in fact, in this hope, we were saved, uh, the hope of glory. We have a, a foretaste of this, the first fruits of the Spirit, the down payment of the, the Spirit, uh, this glory already begun 
to be, and Colossians 1 would say, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And the hope of glory is in you, and that is Christ in you. He is your hope of glory. And so as Titus 2.13 says, we are waiting for our blessed hope. Again, here using the term in an objective sense, what is that hope? Uh, that hope we, that we are waiting for is the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is what we have hope for. So what are some results of hope? What are some fruits of hope? Obedience. Obedience? How, how is that? Sure, if, if, there's, if there's no hope, if, if you're despair, you know, what's, what's the use? It might be the, the attitude. But if you have hope, that uh, you, it'll encourage you to obey God. Peace. Peace. You're not going to be trembling at what's going to happen. You're not expecting doom, but expecting good. Joyful expectation, yes, joy. In fact, uh, you know, Paul says in twice, he connects at least, at least twice, connects rejoicing with hope. In Romans 5.2, through him we also, sorry, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You know, we rejoice in the hope of, of participating in this glory of God that, that is set before us. And then in Romans 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Are we going? I was going to say comfort. You just read also consolation. And... Mm-hmm. Comfort, yeah, which is similar to peace, but uh, this idea that um, you don't need to be terrified or uh, that, that you can be at peace about what's in store for you, that there's a confidence, comfort. Courage. Courage, yes. And that's related to one thing I have here, steadfastness. Kind of another way of, of saying that. The courage in the face of difficulty and, and threats, you know, short-term expectations of harm or suffering. Uh, that you have hope to persevere through those things. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, uh, oh, sorry, 1 Thessalonians 1, 3, Paul speaks to the Thessalonians, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, so as faith produces work and love produces labor, so faith produces steadfastness. Uh, that you're able to stand fast through the suffering, through the difficulty, waiting eagerly for uh, what is to come, uh, for glory, for eternal life, for God's care and, uh, of his people, faithfulness to his promises. Yeah, it, it leads to perseverance in, in work. So that type of, 
steadfastness in the sense of not budging when it gets hard, but also steadfastness in, in endurance, in, in keeping the race, not growing weary. For There is hope of reaping the great harvest if we do not give up. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15, in speaking of the hope of the resurrection, how does that chapter end? Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. It's not in vain. You have hope uh, that you will rest from your labors, that there is a reward by grace, you know, that there is a, an inheritance awaiting you, and therefore your labor is not in vain. Abound in the work of the Lord. So there are many fruits and benefits, advantage in the hope that we have that's rooted in faith, that's rooted in God's word, uh, which we grow in more and more as we call these things to mind, right? Like in Lamentations, I call this to mind, therefore I have hope as we meditate upon these things and exercise it, train ourselves to think in this way, train ourselves to exercise this hope uh, more and more. Any questions or, or final comments? Yep. When you read Titus 1, verse 2, um, I thought it was personally comforting to think that God had promised us before time. Mm. Right? It's not something that, But when I thought about it more, is it an Trinitarian promise? I mean, God's creation wasn't even there before time. <laughs> Right, so it says, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began, or even before times eternal. Um, and, yeah, who was he promising it to, I guess, in, in times before times eternal? And uh, we can speak of the, whether you call it a covenant of redemption or simply a decree of God, you know, that there's this uh, eternal purpose and promise to, to save sinners in Christ, that's rooted in election, you know, rooted in, in his purpose from before creation was called into existence. Is that along the lines of what you're thinking of? Yeah. And it goes on to say, and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I've been entrusted. You know, so it's an eternal purpose of God, um, and, but then, of course, it's made known to us for us to receive by faith as this is manifested in his word. Yes, yes. All right, well, I wanted to conclude with uh, Proverbs 23, verses 17 through 18. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. So that's another application. Don't let your heart envy sinners. Don't get bitter when they do well. Continue steadfastly in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future. Your hope will not be cut off. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Father, we thank you for raising us up out of doom and despair, of the fearful expectation of judgment and wrath and 
being taken away from all good gifts and suffering judgment for our sins, a fearful expectation indeed, but rather raising us up through the knowledge of your word and faith in Jesus Christ, that we might now expect great good, that as we hunger and thirst after righteousness and, and desire eternal life with you, that we also might have confidence regarding these things and ex- expectation for these things. We pray that you would nourish us in this hope that it might grow stronger and more vigorous in our hearts and minds, that we might rejoice in hope, uh, that uh, we might remain steadfast in this hope and by this hope. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.